Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. The Daytona Beach News Journal reports that both the Florida-based Conklin Center for the Blind and the Center for the Visually Impaired are merging. The new place will be called the Conklin Davis Center for the Visually Impaired. The new center will have classrooms, workshops, and gardens. Here to tell us more about the Conklin Davis Center are Nancy Epps and Ronnie David. Nancy is a member of the center's board of directors, and Ronnie is the CEO of the center. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Ronnie. Hi. Thank you for inviting us, Brian. Yeah, glad you both could be here. Let's first learn about you, Nancy. Why don't you tell us about yourself? All right. I have been a member of the board of the Conklin Center since shortly after the, since right at the beginning of the year. And I am a medical clinical laboratory scientist for my entire career, but I'm also a lion. So I became involved with the visually impaired through lionism. That's one of our big charities is making sure that we assist people with vision problems. The Lions Clubs? Yes. Okay. So the Conklin Center actually was founded by a lion, Millard Conklin. And that's why it's very important to Lions Clubs across the country, quite frankly. So we really appreciate this opportunity to have our story told elsewhere. All right. So what are the Conklin Center for the Blind and the Center for the Visually Impaired? They're two separate agencies, and they serve Daytona Beach blind and visually impaired residents. They provide similar services, but the difference with the Conklin Center is that we take care of visually impaired people who also have additional disabilities. So someone might be on the autism spectrum or be learning impaired. And so we help them learn how to be independent as well as become employable. And it's really life-changing for these people because they can live in their own apartment or some of them even own their own condo and they can be employed. They learn how to manage their own money. They can go shopping. They can use the public transportation to go places. We even have one graduate who rents a town car every year and goes to the Gators game in Gainesville. (laughs) All those independent living skills. That's wonderful. How did both agencies decide to merge into the all new Conklin Davis Center for the Blind? We Um, had some challenges at the beginning of the year with the Conklin Center. And Ronnie and I have known each other for several years. We started talking just about something else, quite frankly. I was going to have my Lions meeting at the Center for the Visually Impaired. And during the course of that conversation, it became known to me that she had been talking to the previous executive director of the Conklin Center about merging at some point. But when he retired, that hadn't happened yet. So she and I started saying, well, this is a perfect opportunity because we needed to have some rejuvenation of our Conklin Center. And we decided to merge into the Conklin Davis Center. The Davis is named for the founder of the Center for the Visually Impaired, which I'm sure Ronnie will tell you more about. Okay. Ronnie? Yes. Um, Yeah. uh, The Conklin Center has been on the campus. This is a blind service campus that we're located on. And it's the only 
complex like it in the United States. So on this campus, it's about 40 acres, and we have the largest Burrell and Talking Book Library in the world. We have the Conklin Center, my agency, Center for the Visually Impaired. We have the Rehab Center for the whole state of Florida, which is a residential facility as well, just like the Conklin Center. And then we have a division of the district office of the Division of Blind Services. So we have all of these agencies all on one campus within walking distance from each other. So it's really an amazing, uh, unique opportunity to be working on a campus that you know has such a concentration of blind services. These are big places, and it's going to be an even bigger place when the merger is complete. When yes. is that merger expected to take place? Uh, we when? expect it to happen by the end of this year. That's right. what we're expecting. Yeah. So I understand that the current Daytona Beach campus for the Conklin Center, that's going to be remodeled, correct? Actually, the building is in good shape. It's a 64,000 square foot building. And it was built in the middle 90s. So it's not that old. It does need some remodeling, but it's not really that old. And it's in very good condition. We plan to move into that building and combine all of the services from the Center for the Visually Impaired and the Conklin Center. Like Nancy said, the Center for the Visually Impaired has a different target population of people that we deal with than the Conklin Center has. One of the things that we are looking forward to is having our grounds refurbished because it's a huge campus. It's an eight acre campus just for the Conklin Center. And so we want to bring the nature trail, which is amazing. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, the gardens and the greenhouse back to their former glory. And that'll be a nice place for the public to enjoy as well as the people who are our clients. Yes. And I've already contacted the Echo Foundation. This is part of the county government where we live, the county in which we live. And they fund projects like that, that are environmental projects. We're planning on applying for funding from them to restore the property. And like Nancy said, to restore the nature trails, the greenhouses, the gardens. There's going to be the apartments, the kitchen, the classrooms, the workshops, this nature trail and the gardens and greenhouses all together in one place. Yes, exactly. Wow. That, that's, yeah. that's somewhere where we would all want to move to in Florida. <laughs> Probably yes. next place. This, is, this sounds so beautiful. It really is a beautiful property. It's amazing. It has so much potential. And the inside of the building is really um, amazing also. So at one time, the Conklin Center had a workshop going where they had partnerships with local businesses for producing certain parts of products that that business would be selling. And uh, so we hope to restore those types of vocational opportunities for blind people. So how's the center going to pay for all this new construction? <laughs> um, well, we're applying for funding, like from the ECHO grant for that. The building really doesn't, it just needs some work, but the building is sound. So it doesn't really need to be remodeled. But the, the grounds need some work and that we're applying for the funding for. All we right. are partnering with some local philanthropists too to start a fundraising campaign. Because as you can imagine, to maintain grounds this large and a building this over 60,000 square feet, as well as to care for our clients, it becomes very expensive. So we're doing everything we can to find revenue sources to help augment what we are hopeful the state is going to return to us. 
All right, so let's get into a little bit of history about the Conklin Center just for a second. How did the center get its start? Well, as I mentioned, Millard Conklin was a lion and he became aware that blind or visually impaired people with additional disabilities had no place to go. As Ronnie pointed out, their target population is different and there's actually no place in the United States that does what the Conklin Center does. So he got together with some other people, raised the funding primarily from the Lions at that time. So the name of the Conklin Center, the full name is actually the Florida Lions Conklin Center for the Blind. So the Florida Lions have played a huge role over the years. And right now we are not an endorsed entity because of our difficulties earlier in the year but we are going to actively pursue that. In fact, we're still, we are currently actively pursuing becoming the endorsed entity again so that the Lions clubs across the country will be able to feel good about contributing to our services. Ronnie, can you tell us yes. a little bit about yourself and how you came into the field? Sure, sure. Um, I have significant visual impairment. Um, I have um, degenerative myopia. And it's, it's kind of similar to macular degeneration where I have significant vision loss in one eye. So I do have one good eye, but it's not perfect vision, but pretty, pretty good. So I, I um, became interested in the field when I was younger and I found out about orientation and mobility training. So I became an orientation and a mobility specialist teaching blind people how to travel. And then after working at this agency, Center for the Visually Impaired, for eight years doing the training, I became the director. And I've been doing that for 20 years now. Now, so Kathy that's... Davis, the licensed uh, mental health counselor, she was the founder of the Center for the Visually Impaired. Yes. How had she been a blind and visually impaired advocate throughout her life? Um, Kathy was born with a hereditary eye disorder. She grew up very you know, significant vision loss. But then when she was older, um, in her adult years, she lost her vision completely. So she's totally blind. In the 1980s, the late 80s, she was helping seniors to try to access some services that were visually impaired, and there was nothing available for them. So she worked with the Division of Blind Services. She founded the agency in 1988. And she's still active on our board of directors. She's an honorary member. And she uses a guide dog named Wade. And she just recently uh, retired as a counselor at Daytona State College. And she's an amazing advocate for the blind and has been all of her life. Excellent. Now, this merger is going to expand the clientele for both the Conklin Center and the Center for Visually for the Visually Impaired into one. How's that going to work? Well, the uh, we have a number of pr different types of programs for blind people. Um, last year, the Conklin Center discontinued services to blind babies, and we took that project over. So we have a blind babies program, early intervention program, and we also have a children's program. We have about 25 children that work with that are visually impaired. And we have a transition teenage program as well. And then we have vocational training at the center, Center for the Visually Impaired. And we have a very large senior program, very large. And you can imagine in Florida, 
it's like we're flooded with referrals all the time. Um, and uh, in fact, we have twice the number of visually impaired people in Florida, I think, as any other state in the U.S. Once we combine with the Conklin Center and take on the services for the multi-handicapped blind, as we haven't, that, that really isn't something that we have focused on in the past, we'll have very comprehensive services. That is excellent. So it looks like the services are going to expand. Yes, right? they, they actually will. We're, we're developing new employment opportunities for blind people. That's very so good. So we hope to really expand, we hope to expand that. It's going to especially help them after this pandemic ends, find more yeah. opportunities for more jobs. Yes. Now, the Center for the Visually Impaired is also developing an e-commerce program. What's oh, this e-commerce yes. program all about? That's a very exciting program. Um, we're training blind and visually impaired people to engage in uh, the e-commerce field. And we know it's a, it's a booming, booming field, especially now with COVID. But even before that, it was. There's so many, you know, eBay, Amazon businesses and, and people order um, more frequently in our age than they ever did order online. We decided to put our, get our foot in the door for visually impaired people and we were in the process of developing um, a small company um, to sell products. The name of, we have two stores. The name of our store is called Wade's World Pet Emporium. And we're going to be selling pet products. And Wade is the dog of Kathy Davis, who's the founder of CVI. So we kind of tied all that in. And we decided to sell the pet products because we have worked with a lot of guide dog users and we thought it just fits in with our mission. So we have been developing our products for our online store. And then we have a training program to go along to complement the store in which we'll be training. We've developed a curriculum. We're not finished with it yet, but we're in the process of developing a very extensive curriculum um, to train blind and visually impaired people how to work in an e-commerce store. That is marvelous. Now, you got to tell us about one of your success stories, one of your clients, Peggy Mulaney. Oh, tell us yeah. Peggy's story. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting story because I told you that I was an orientation mobility specialist many, many, over 20 years ago with the agency. Well, about 25 years ago or so, I was a client was referred to me, Peggy, and she had just moved from New York and she moved here all by herself to Florida and she needed help in getting around. So I was her teacher and I worked with her and taught her how to get to the stores, how to get to the laundromat, how to get everywhere she needed to go. And then I talked to her. She told me one day that she played guitar and she sings and I love music. So I said, I'd love to hear you. So she invited me in to her apartment and she played the guitar and sang and she was phenomenal sang a voice like an angel i mean just amazing voice so um i said peggy why don't you maybe perform and and you can make a little money on the side so we started um looking into that and going to nursing homes and calling nursing homes and she eventually um got jobs performing at nursing homes and what's interesting about peggy is that her father was in a band and her father taught her all of the uh, songs from the 1940s and 50s 
And then she grew up and learned the 60s, 70s, 80s, and, you know, all those. So she knows all the songs that the seniors know. And she she doesn't read music. She knows it by ear. She plays by ear. And she's a phenomenal musician. She plays the piano and guitar and sings. So uh, Peggy went to the Confluence Center, and she was helped with all of her independent living skills um, at the Confluence Center. And they found an apartment for her, and she, you know, learned to live on her own, to do her own shopping, which she hadn't done before, to take the buses, and basically become totally independent. How can our listeners learn more about the new Conklin Davis Center for the Visually Impaired? Uh, they can go to our website, cbicentralflorida.org, um, and they can call us at uh, 1-800-227-1284 for any further information. We hope to eventually open up our vocational e-commerce program uh, nationally, and we do have a 20, we have um, about a 17-bed dormitory, so we'd be able to um, accept clients. So eventually, we hope to open that up. Is there anything else you'd like to add? We just want to thank you for this opportunity to share the story of this unique opportunity to serve people with multiple disabilities, as well as people who don't have any additional disability, but are in need of learning how to deal with life without vision. So thank you so much for giving this opportunity to tell our story. And I'd also like to say that um, we are hoping that our community, uh, anyone in Florida or nationally, will join in helping to financially support our mission of the Conklin Davis Center and the services that we provide. And we encourage anyone to contact us, and we would love to have your support. Definitely. I I think that's very vital to the younger and older population, and all ages. Yes, all ages. All ages who can benefit from your agency's services. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting us, Brian. We really enjoyed talking to you. Yes, it was great having you both here, too. And we hope that the Conklin Davis Center for the Blind will empower Florida's blind and visually impaired residents to just become more independent and live happy and healthy lives. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, 
please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. I know what I'm doing, so what could possibly go wrong? Kevin Miner here telling you about my show, The Dweeb Show on ACB Radio Cafe. It's on every Tuesday between 3 and 5 p.m. Eastern. You can hear sports, weather, the Bullwinkle Joke of the Week, and music. This is music? This is the worst I've ever heard. Well, I'm going to stop this right now. Hold, hold it, bro- hold it, brethren. My friend, I'm afraid you're in the wrong place. We don't sing that kind of music here. I'm glad I got that done with. Let's see if I can find something better now. That's better. This song describes how I feel, by the way. Make sure you're tuning to the Dweeb Show. I'm losing it. On HB Radio Cafe every Tuesday from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's radio with an interactive experience. The American Council of the Blind plays an important role in the daily lives of blind and visually impaired individuals all over the country. Whether it's making products and services more accessible for the blind, advocating for appropriate education for blind students, issuing scholarships to deserving college students, fighting for accessible currency, along with a host of other issues, it takes contributions from all of us. You can help by joining the Monthly Monetary Support Program, MMS. It's a great opportunity for members and friends to make sure these efforts continue. What ACB does enhances all of our lives. For more information, go to our website, acb.org, click on the donations link, go to the MMS tab, and enter. Or call 612-332-3242. The first... Amendment reads, The people shall not be deprived or abridged of their right to speak. The odds are, the person you just heard is an African American. Because African Americans are twice as likely to suffer a stroke as white Americans. That's twice as likely a stroke could rob you of the freedom to speak your mind. The freedom to shout from mountaintops. The freedom to tell your mother you love her. And it's twice as likely a stroke could take your life. Therefore, it's twice as crucial for us to do something about preventing a stroke. Learn how you can help beat the odds. Start by calling 1-888-4-STROKE or go online to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. A public service message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. ACB. <laughs> 